Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 71 for the 30th of Shvat and a leap year. And so first of all, happy Rosh Chodesh. It's Rosh Chodesh today. And today we are going to be concluding with chapter, concluding chapter 25. I'm really bringing everything we've been learning all together. And the topic for today is about knowing your strength, knowing your inner strength, tapping into your inner strength. And it's a really, really powerful topic. And before we get into the actual Tanya, I want to start off by talking about a certain study that happened in 1964 that was done by a Harvard professor named Robert Rosenthal. And this was done in an elementary school in south of San, San Francisco. And what he did basically is that he took a bunch of kids and who were in this certain elementary school and he gave them a test that looked like a, an IQ test. It looked like a normal IQ test, but it was actually a different test. And he had them do the test and then he took the results of the test and he actually didn't even look at the results from what I understand. But what he did is he randomly assigned a group of these kids to different classes and certain kids from this group, again, totally randomly assigned, nothing to do with their test scores or anything like that. He put them in a certain class and he told the teacher, these kids scored high on their IQ test. So they are what we would consider to be gifted children and they have a lot of potential. So really take note of this while you're teaching them and really try to activate their potential. So the teacher took this really seriously and really did this and gave them a lot of attention. And lo and behold, what happened is their actual IQ scores actually improved over time. So it's pretty amazing, right? And you know, the lesson is obvious that when you expect higher from people, then you will get higher from people. And when we think of ourselves and say it's positive thinking, positive reinforcement, when you think that you're a success, you will be a success, all of those things. And it kind of could sound very new agey or magical thinking or something. But what we'll learn about today in Tanya is it's actually something a lot deeper than that. And as Jews, when we talk about our inner strength, it's not just like self-talk, feel, feel good, new age kind of thinking, like it's like, you know, visualization and positive reinforcement or whatever it is. It's something that's actually very, very, very real. So what is this inner strength that we've been talking, that we are alluding to? It This is something which we actually have been talking about in the last few episodes. And so please go back and listen to the last few episodes if you haven't already. Uh, and what this is, is this is the idea that as we mentioned, and as we spoke about a few times already, every single Jew has this amazing ability and willingness within them to actually give up their lives rather than 
renounce God rather than bow to an idol, rather than renounce their Judaism. And we see, we've seen this time and time again throughout history that Jews of all walks of life, of all sorts, literally gave up their lives. You know, we should not uh, suffer this ever and come to this kind of test, but they literally were willing to give up their lives rather than bow down to another God or renounce their Judaism or renounce the one God and be separate from God. And I mentioned how, to me, a contemporary understanding of this, because thank God we're living in a very free society now and we don't encounter this kind of thing. And please God, maybe we never encounter this kind of thing where we have to make a choice like that. But we do see nowadays that even now, the most atheist, agnostic, secular of Jews will not renounce their Judaism. If you ask them, ask them fundamentally, are you Jewish? They will pretty much always say yes. They will, will not be willing to give up the fact that they're Jewish. So to me, that's a sign of the same power. And so what we learned about is how this power that we have, when we really think about it and we really break it down, what it is, like what gives us this power is the fact that essentially as Jews, we do not want to be separate from God. And it's, and the, and the actual thought of being separate from God, even for a split second, which would, what would happen if somebody, if we bow down to an idol, for example, even if it was like inauthentic, is so painful and so unacceptable to us that we would not do it. And so when we realize this, then we can come to realize that actually this separation from God or connection with God, these things happen really it's all connected to all of the mitzvahs. So it might be more overt when we were faced with a challenge like bowing down to idol or renouncing God or something like that. But every single mitzvah and every single transgression really taps into the same thing. So anytime a person transgresses the will of God, God forbid, even in the most minor of details, they are in a certain sense separating themselves from God. And every time we do a mitzvah in a proactive way, we are strengthening our unity and connection with God. So it's really all intertwined. And so what we're going to learn about today, and we'll get into the text in just a minute, is about how this level of self, this power of self-sacrifice that we have is not only something that is just like a nice thing to recognize, like, oh, wow, that's so cool that we have this power as Jews. And if push comes to shove, we would be willing to give up our lives. Like, that's amazing. But it's actually something that is actually essential to keep in mind and to really ingrain in our hearts, this self-sacrifice that we have innately at all times, even when we're free, even when we don't have to face this kind of challenge. And it actually is an essential component of our service of God as Jews in everyday life. And we'll see how this is something that Moshe Rabbeinu recognized, actually. And he tried to implant this into the nation of Israel when they were in the desert. So let's get into the text right away and we'll see how the Altar Rebbe breaks it down. So the Altar Rebbe says that through all of this, everything we've been studying so far, we can come to understand why it was that Moshe Rabbeinu of blessed memory commanded the Jewish people in Dvarim, we see this in the book of Dvarim, to the, specifically to the generation that was about to enter into the land of Israel, he commanded them to read the Shema twice every day. Why? Because what do we find in the verses of the Shema? We find that there's a declaration of receiving the ho- the yoke of, of heaven upon a person with self-sacrifice. So it's like every time we say the Shema, if you really look at the words, what we're basically saying is we are declaring our willingness to give up our lives rather than renounce God and our connection with God. And so then the altar asks a question, but wait a second, but didn't God 
already promised to them that the fear and awe of the nations will be upon the Jews. So we see this, you know, when we, when we in the text of, of Chumash, where it's talking about the travels of the Jews in the desert, how God set it up that he really protected them from the nations and he made it so that all of the nations around them really feared them. And he promised them that he is not going to let them harm them. So if that's the case, why would they have to say this prayer every day of declaring their self-sacrifice for God? Because it was it would never actually be actualized. If they really believed in God and they really trusted in God and God said he was going to protect them, they never would have to encounter this level of self-sacrifice. So why did they have to declare it every day? And so the ultra epic goes on and he says that this is because the keeping of the Torah and the mitzvahs is actually dependent upon this idea that a person remembers at all times this idea of his self-sacrifice to God and for his unity. And this should be implanted in a person's heart at all times, day and night, and it should never leave his memory. So he should remember it always. And through this, he will be able to withstand the impulses that a person has and to always win against our impulses at every time and in every moment. So that's the end of the text. And so just to break that down. So, you know, we talked about already in previous episodes about this idea of how Temptation is a real thing, sure. We all have different temptations. We all have different impulses, inclinations to not necessarily want to worship God at all times. Sometimes we can feel sluggish. Sometimes we can feel apathetic. Sometimes we can feel really lethargic. Or sometimes we can feel really heated and desirous towards something that isn't necessarily the best thing for us and for our godly soul. And to overcome these temptations, to overcome these impulses, this lethargy or whatever, it, it does require a certain amount of effort, and we can even say it requires a certain amount of pain. However, can we really say that it is as painful as the pain of death? No, right? I mean, that wouldn't really be a logical thing to say. And so once we recognize the fact that inherently as Jews, we would be willing to suffer the pain of death, God forbid, rather than to go against the will of God and to go against God's unity, this should really make us realize that this is a huge strength. And once we have this inner strength and we have this recognition of our strength and our willingness for to self-sacrifice and suffer the pain of death rather than go against the will of God, this should make us realize like, oh, so, you know, overcoming temptation, overcoming lethargy, that's nothing. Of course I can do that. And that, I, of course I'm strong enough to do that. So that that is actually the recognition of, of our strength and willingness to sacrifice ourselves in this way for God is actually not only just like an extra nice, like wow kind of things, it's it's actually essential and crucial to our service of God on a day-to-day basis to give us the power to overcome our daily temptations and struggles and lethargic, you know, inhibitions and things like that. So I hope that helped and was clear and we're going to go on tomorrow when we move on to chapter 26 i'll speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather abraham yitzhak ben benyamina cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. And until then, have a great day.